You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and today I have the amazing founders of the Badassery Magazine, Kathy Rasmussen and Samantha Parker. Hey guys, I'm so excited to have you. Hey, hey. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, so... Maybe not everybody listening knows about Badassery, but can you tell everybody a little bit about you guys and about the magazine? Yes. And I'm pretty sure everybody listening does know about Badassery magazine, just to keep our egos really big. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course they case, know. Of course they know, because you guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah. So Badassery Magazine really is a community. Um, We do have a magazine where we talk about women and all the amazing stuff that they're doing, but really we are a large global community that really supports any woman who's out there being like, this is me, I kick ass, and all of that glitter. I love that. (laughs) That's so great. So how did you guys get started? It's kind of a funny story. We... um, didn't just like suddenly decide we were going to be business partners um, out of the blue one day. And we actually were introduced by a mutual friend at a conference when we both lived in Utah um, and started working together. Samantha just started her business uh, as a social media manager. And I was just starting my business as an idea development strategist. Mm -hmm. And so we were both newbies in the business world and I hired Samantha as my social media manager, which was probably the best decision I'd ever made in my whole entire life looking back because it was the catalyst. It was like that like tipping point that just started everything going, the dominoes falling. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually we just started working together a lot. We, we at one point just decided to start trading services um, which helped each of us out. We relied on each other. We'd ask each other for advice. We'd bounce ideas off each other. We were just really kind of biz besties. Mm-hmm. And then we, Samantha had this amazing idea and she texted me from her bathroom while she was doing her <laughs> hair and um, texted me and t- told me about this really cool idea that she had for putting uh, putting out a magazine. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And so 45 days later, we had our first issue of Badassery Magazine out ready for everyone to read. It was pretty amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a firm believer that the best ideas come when you're doing something so weird, like doing your hair, taking a shower. That's how this podcast came about. I was in the shower and I was like, ooh, that's a good idea. I should do that. And then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me the other day if I like had bought into Badassery Magazine and if like I had an ownership in it. And I was like, well, I made it up in my bathroom. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you bitch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> that's awesome. So how did you guys both get started in business? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think it's 
always comes from when you're at your lowest low moment and you're like, my life has to change, you know? And a lot of people always have that inkling, like in the back of their head, they have this really good idea, but it takes something huge to kind of go out and start it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they're inspired massively maybe by someone else who went out and started it, which is part of our mission too, is just to inspire people to do the amazing things in their lives. But I know for me, it was the fact that I had decided in my life I was done living, which is a pretty bold decision. (laughs) And uh, the other half of me went, no, thank you. Let's do something different with your life. And so I kind of just quit my job and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I just formulated a business. I mean, it really just kind of happened, um, but it came from that really dark place. Mm, Yeah. What about you, Kathy? Mine also came from a very dark place. I, um, it, it, it is that thing that it's like you, you get to the point where something's got to change. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had actually thought I had found my dream job. Like mm-hmm. I was an event planner. I um, started kind of at the ground zero, worked my way up. Um, and my aspiration was to become an event director. And I finally had clawed my way up after 12 years of clawing up my way up. And I finally was an event director. I had my own department. I was like the boss. I guess I, <laughs> can you tell I like to be in power position? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I wanted to be the boss. <laughs> but I was finally there. And the, I mean, it, it was fun for probably maybe like three months. And then it was just hell. And it was because I was so overworked. I was so working for somebody else still. Like I still had a boss, even though I was the director and I was the boss, I still had a boss. It wasn't my business that I was running. It was somebody else's. And and having to just always be running to meet someone else's goals, like that wasn't fun anymore. And I was working hard. I was working long hours. I was working at least 12 hours a day and five to six days a week. And it was just, I was burned out completely. I was like crispy. (laughs) I was so burned out. I was a crispy critter. And I would sit in the back of, in the, in my car at behind our building in the parking lot and cry after work and think, how, how am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? That was the question I asked myself. And I realized that I was totally in control of the situation that I was in. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I putting myself in a position where I am miserable every single day? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have control over this. I don't have to do this. And it was actually kind of funny because my boss um, at that job would always like his big thing was he was like, people have a choice to work here. Like you, they, it's a choice oh, for people to work hell? here. And it was, he'd use it as this like, kind of like asshole thing to say. Sorry. I hope I can swear on your Oh podcast, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're very <laughs> just delete that out if you can't. But, um, but like someone we'd get, you know, have a huge snowstorm and someone wouldn't be able to come to work and, and they, he'd like, they'd get in trouble because they have a choice to work here or not. And I'm like, that's kind of an asshole thing to say. But then it kind of hit me like, yeah, this was a huge choice for me to work there. And so I made, I made my own choice and I decided not to work there anymore. So (laughs) I had to like develop that plan in order to have that exit strategy to get out of it. But that was, you know, that, turned me into being happy every day instead of miserable every day and totally worth it. Never, I don't regret any bit of that. 
That's so interesting because I have such a similar story to both of you. Like I, I think probably so many women can relate to that. I have been in a string of jobs that were just horrible. My last job was soul sucking. I was working for an insurance company as their executive assistant and my boss was just crazy pants and I was stuck um, in an ice storm in an airport on the way back from my grandmother's funeral and my boss was texting me like you need to get back to the office like we depend on you and I'm like this is my fucking grandmother's funeral I'm stuck in an airport I cannot physically get there and there was just I was done I would cry in the back office every day and I was just my anxiety and depression was just like up here and yeah I literally was like I have a choice I can do something different this I'm not doing this until I'm 65 if I do I'm gonna kill myself probably so I it's interesting I think a lot of us have that catalyst moment that kind of moves us over the edge Though I, I, much like you guys, I did not have a plan when I left, and I kind of wish I had. So, guys, don't do that. Don't just quit without any kind of plan, because that is really fucking scary. I don't know. I quit without a plan, and it actually was the best thing I'd ever done. So, a lot of times we tend to overthink things, and we want these perfect plans, and sometimes you just have to jump, you know? Yeah, I mean, I did that too, and it worked out, but... Sometimes I'm like, wow, it would have been a lot easier if I had like hired a coach and like had a business plan and, you know, maybe I wouldn't have struggled so much, but you know, whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Interesting. So what has, what, what has, yeah. What has been your biggest struggle in business, both together and separately? Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like I should have prepped for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I surprise people with questions because I want to know what comes to the top of your, your head. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of struggles when it comes to owning your own business. And what you see online is this very curated thing of, well, it's easy. Do it this way. It's easy. And that's how a lot of people are making money right now is by telling other people it's easy. So then the 99% of everyone else feels like shit because it's hard. So honestly, one of the biggest struggles for me has been listening to other people and what they say should be done. And I'm like, well, nobody else has created this. And I really wish that there was like this giant like washer for your brain and I could just wash all the shit out that I've ever heard or been told and that I could just like go and be free and do it the way that I want to do it. Because every time I show up and I do it the way that I want to do it, you know, in the way that Kathy and I are like, this is a really good idea. Let's do it. It works out really, really well for us. So sometimes I think the biggest struggle for me has been a little bit of that imposter syndrome slash we're living in this social media world. So I see people over here being like, Oh my God, it was so easy. I just made a hundred thousand dollars this month and I just did it. And I'm like, Oh, they just showed up online, you know, like what the fuck, fuck them. And then I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? And then all the fucks come up. And so honestly, that's been one of the hardest things. And I think if you can really train yourself to put on your blinders and I just try to catch it really fast where I'm like, oh, well, should I be doing that? And anytime it's like, should I be doing that? Or just because someone else is doing it means that I should do it. You know, that's when I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. 
nobody else has built what you guys are building and nobody else. These are the conversations I have with myself. You guys just you know. <laughs> like nobody else has done this. I'm like, listen, Sam, <laughs> you know, because it's true. You can't always listen to everyone else. I think there's something really special to be said about having a mentor and a tribe and a group of, you know, women who are doing what you're doing around you and supporting you. And you can go and ask questions too, but at the same time, you don't have to do it their way. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like as much as I love coaches, there are so many coaches that are just creating little minions or little like copycats of them. And so you're like, okay, you were, I'm not going to name any names, but you were trained by this person and you were trained by this person and we're all the same and we use this software and we use this approach and we show up this way and it's just, ugh, I'm just over it. I'm so over it. I really am. I feel a little of the same way. I feel like there is something to be said for mentors for sure, because Mm -hmm. it's always great to learn from people who have done the same thing, but you kind of have to look at it with a critical eye sometimes and think, okay, what exactly are they doing? Like a lot of the thing that really bothers me, this is kind of, I guess we're getting on a ranty rant, (laughs) getting on my soapbox. Um, It's when the people are having success in coaching other people when they didn't already create a successful business of their own that wasn't coaching. That is where I have a hard time. If you have created a successful business that wasn't a coaching business and that worked for you and now you're going to coach people on how to do that sort of thing, that's great. Yay, we need more people like you out in the world. Please go and do and teach and be. But if you haven't created a successful business and now you want to be a coach and teach people how to create successful businesses, I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that because you're not teaching people the principles of real successful business. You're, you're teaching people false hope. And that to me is where the, that's the problem with the coaching industry. Yeah. And then you're just a snake oil salesman just being like, oh, you can, you too can live on Bali and make a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. You can be a millionaire. Yeah. I, I'm over that. I'm so over that. I, yeah, yeah, it, it happens in my industry too, in digital marketing. I'll be in all these different Facebook groups and somebody will be like, oh, I'm a Facebook ad strategist. I'm like, okay, well, how long have you been doing that? And they're like, oh, a year. And I'm like, cool. Well, I have 10 years experience. (laughs) And they're like, well, I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, did you take a course and then set up shop? That's great. But if you don't have any real like firm experience behind that one course you took, I'm sorry, you're not an expert yet. You're just a freelancer. You're just a contractor. And that's great. There ain't no shame in that, people. Like, that's how I started. I was a contractor Mm -hmm. freelancer for people. But please don't become a coach or a consultant and charge $10,000 when you don't have the experience to back that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So sorry, guys, for the rant, but that has (laughs) definitely been bothering me for a long time. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. How do you guys define success in your businesses and in the badassery world? Because I've been trying to ask a lot of my guests this, because I think how we define success is an interesting place. 
Okay. I love this question because success to me isn't something that can be defined because success is an evolving process. And once we start to realize that it's an evolving process, the more amazing we can be right here in the here and now, because if we're always striving for something in the future, right, we'll never technically be successful. So a lot of times, and I think this is totally speaking from my own experiences in my life is I was like, Oh, when I have the house, then I'll have been successful. Mm -hmm. Oh, when my business makes six figures, then I'll have been successful. And it's like, when I hit those milestones, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm always striving for something else, which is good. But at the same time, I need to stop and I need to realize today is a successful moment. I got up, I got my big girl panties on, you know, I'm like showed up today like these are successful moments. And especially when you're running the multiple hats, like, you know, um, Kathy and I make jokes because people will be like, who's your in-house designer? I'm like, oh, that we made that. That was us. You know, <laughs> or like, who does your blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that, that's me again. You know, I'm like, or let me send you over to the complaints department, stick it up my ass, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just us doing things. And we have to realize that like, we're doing a really great job. And these moments are successful, you know, and you probably have, you might have kids if you're a woman, you know, and you might be trying to balance that whole like mom and what does it mean to be a woman and a business owner. And so you have to really appreciate and value the successful moments that are the everyday. Yeah. I love that. I, I like that better than sometimes as a businesswoman, I get stuck in the success is when I make this much money. Success is when I have this many clients. Success is, when I reach this milestone, but if you're just looking at small things, that is a much more attainable goal. And that makes me feel so much better in the day in day out rather than being like, well, I failed again today. Cool. Yeah. Great day. And I think even when you are looking at it on the day to day, sometimes you have to just give yourself a little grace and be like, Hey, I, I took a shower today and that made it a great, awesome, successful day. Or, or I'm really happy right now. And that makes me a huge success because there are so many people who aren't happy right now. And just, or being, getting the chance to go take a walk and experience nature and be grateful for the things that you have. I think that a lot of times we check boxes off when we're looking for success. Like we have this little agenda of this is what success looks like. And it's this, it, it's society's passed it down. Like generations have passed it down. This is this ma the map of success and all the little boxes that you need to check off. And that's what I was going for before. Like that's when I was had my dream job and mm -hmm. I'll check off these little boxes and get there. And when I did, it was, it wasn't my idea of what success should feel like. I mean, if think about it, if you think like, what does success feel like? What does it feel like? Usually people are like, oh, my chest is full and it's overflowing with gratitude and I'm so happy and I have all this, you know, abundance and things. And it's like, well, can, why can't you feel that right now with what you have? Yeah. Like, why can't you take those feelings and create that for yourself right now with what you have? Do you really have to have all these little checkboxes marked? No, because you probably aren't going to feel that feeling when they are all marked. And I think anyone who's achieved a level of success will realize that that, that's not like those check marks don't give you that feeling. It's what you actually have right now today. That's what gives you that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I'd also like to add though, because sometimes it can be dangerous to think that we have to be in the super high vibe successful mindset all the time, you know, 
And so I think it's important to realize too, that some of your biggest failures are going to end up being your best success stories because we fell a lot. And sometimes it feels really gross and disgusting and it hurts. And like, I want to throw shit and you know what? That's okay too. So there's two sides to owning businesses and living in this world. It's like, what you're seeing is this high vibe, fluffy stuff. But when the truth is, a lot of us are still digging our way through the mud. Yeah. So it's interesting you brought that up because I was literally just having this conversation with my husband this past weekend because it's been a, a up and down year for my business. And I was saying that, or he was saying that he never hears me talking about the negative stuff. I always am like, it's going great. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. It's great. You know, I'm manifesting this and I'm doing this. And he's like, that's not true. Like the finances don't line up with that. Everything is going great. And I said, well, you know what? I feel like I'm in the middle of two worlds. One world is all my spiritual woo-woo women who are just like, I'm going to manifest it and the energy is good and bad. And, and I'm all for those ladies. I'm all into that. But at the same time, I have this whole other tribe of people who are in the Gary V world who are just like, I work 24 seven and I look like shit and I never sleep. And I'm somewhere in the middle. And I feel like there's not very many of us who are like, I like both. I like to work. And also I like to manifest. And yeah, it's just a weird place to be where I feel like if I say, well, I work some, but I also manifest some, either side is going to get mad and either side is not going to be happy with me straddling the line between those two worlds. But I just want to say I completely like if Gary Vaynerchuk and then like Rebecca Campbell got together and had a baby, that would be me. So I can (laughs) hustle and I can be woo as fuck. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because... Uh, but I also don't want to work 24-7 because no. I'll be honest, Gary V looks like like he a crystal meth person. Like, yeah, he looks like he's trying too hard. I was going to say old man balls, but I didn't know that was about yeah. He does. He really, he looks like shit. And he's, you know, I love some of the things he has to say, but Gary V, dude, stop trying to look like you're Get 25. You are 45. Like you need to take a nap on a beach, have a cocktail, take a nap, have a hug, something like, (laughs) come on, man. (laughs) I love that. And I think that you are absolutely right. I think that you don't have to work 24 seven, but that doesn't mean that you are, you know, it's not, it's, it's not an extreme. It's not either or because when you're trying to manifest things, you can't manifest anything without working for Mm -hmm. it. Because it doesn't, it's it's not like that's not it's not magical. You actually have to do stuff. Well, that's to great manifest to hear, because you I have, have to take to- action. So I think you're on. I mean, I think you probably are more like aligned with reality than <laughs> what is going on in either one of these like way radical spectrums. Because it's neither one. Like it's all about moderation. It's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. It's all about moderation. It's all about doing what it feels right to you and taking care of you. Because ultimately, if you're burnt out or if you're, you know, inert, you're not doing anything, then you're n- nothing is going to happen either way. So I think that you're probably in a really good space. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you the amount of potential clients I have talked to this year who have been like, yeah, I just really want to work with you, but I need to just manifest the money. And I'm like, can you manifest a credit card? 
Like, can you manifest a small business loan? Like, that, that's great, but you kind of got to put some work into it a little bit. You, the money's just not going to – I mean, it could appear on your doorstep, but the chances of it just magically flying into your door, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. And, again, my woo-woo sisters, I love you. I'm there with you, but I also need to work a little bit. <laughs> so – yeah, soapbox land. We live in the soapbox land today, so. It's not a bad Our- place to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you guys about the event that you just did, because I know you had some conflict with people about um, about the way you were presenting yourselves locally. or I don't know. What, I thought that was an interesting dynamic that you had come up against like men and against feminism. And yeah, I, I would love to hear about your experience with that. Yeah. So we just had a really large event here where I live locally in Southern Utah, which Utah is known for a particular religion, which <laughs> isn't the true dominance of the cult. Like it doesn't make up the actual population, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like 30% of these people are kind of dictating how the other 70% live. And so what happened for us is, you know, we did the Love Yourself Conference. There was no political agenda. I wouldn't even say that we're feminists. I am now. I am putting on my shirt and I am waving my vagina flag (laughs) because (laughs) sexism still exists. And I had to have it kind of shoved in my face to really light that passion fire. Um, But I was going to say in my vagina, I didn't know how... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm always like, I shouldn't say that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to say it anyways. So I say it. That's what happens in my brain. <laughs> what happened was, is there was a group of men here who didn't think that having a women's event was quote unquote necessary. And they were, you know, told us to take our feminist movement and get out of town. And, you know, that we need to take a good look at the marriage and family event that was coming, you know, the next month. And we wouldn't sell a single ticket, blah, blah, blah. Sold a crap load of tickets, to be honest. But it was really interesting to see that kind of sexism like blatantly like shoved in our faces and just be like, oh my God, it's real and it still exists when all we were trying to do was hold a really great empowering day for women. Hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. So did it end up being great and were all the other women fired up like you were? Uh, yes, it ended up being an amazing, amazing day. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun, first of all. And it was great to... Ha- have such a diverse population of women there. I mean, we had, we had even, we even, we had kids wow. <laughs> there. We had grandmothers there. We had every age range that you could imagine. We had um, even men, men and women were both there supporting. We had any economic range of people who, who had come to experience this. Oh, we the mayor there. And the mayor, exactly. So in the mayor of St. George was there to kick us off and he gave a really great talk on how important it was to have women in your society. Like, I mean, this is a huge thing. It's like women in tech, women in business, women in all of this is what kind of helps the community keep going and keep moving and keep growing and how important it was to have that as part of the community. And so it was, it turned out really better than we could have even expected or even imagined. I mean, it was amazing. 
That's awesome. So are you guys planning on doing any other events like that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course we are. Yeah. Um, we're, we're actually planning on taking that particular conference, um, the Love Yourself Conference, on tour around the U.S. Ooh. this year to be announced, of course. But um, we're going to be trying to hit some different um, cities that where we've got – a lot of people involved in our community and um you should come to north carolina (laughs) that's been on our list (laughs) yeah (laughs) the place we'll be next is actually we'll be in los angeles in january i'm not sure about your podcast time so i'm always like careful to like drop like what times basis relative in january or february so yeah so this may have already happened but we're doing our (laughs) third annual body love photo shoot in LA, which will be in a really incredible day of just women's empowerment and body love. So that sounds incredible. Oh, you guys are so awesome. I am so glad we were able to have you on here. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank Thank you you for having us. This was fun. Yeah. So let everybody know again where they can find you online so they can join the community. Yeah. So we hang out online at badasserymags.com. Just badasserymag.com we're on Instagram at badasserymag our Facebook group is we are badassery but honestly if you just go over to our website you can find all the things yay awesome all right guys I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did until next time we'll see you bye thank you for joining me for the biz babes with soul podcast don't forget to like subscribe and share with your friends to learn more about me Melody Spencer and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.